0: Well, you're about to listen to the latest episode of Daily Wire backstage, but this was no ordinary discussion. We were joined by the newest member of the Daily Wire team, the one and only Candace Owens, who gave us the inside scoop on her Twitter feud with Cardi B and the ensuing lawsuit. We also talked about the Biden administration, cancel culture, so much more. So sit back and enjoy. Your compliance is appreciated. You know, we haven't had a fake laugh in a while. That's true. How about a three, two... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Welcome to the Daily Wire Backstage, Biden's Most Terrifying Accomplishments edition. I'm Jeremy Boring, known around these parts as the God King by anyone who wants to keep their jobs. We're glad you've tuned in, folks. In the words of George Washington as he crossed the Delaware, I'm certified free, seven days a week. Wet-ass patriots, make that red coat game weak. (laughs) Hashtag it's cold. Because George loved hashtags, I guess. It makes no sense. Speaking of old presidents, How bad will Biden's border disaster have to get before the media takes notice? Will Cuomo pull a Northam and just stick around until the storm passes? Will the Grammys Grammys put Pornhub out of business? You can find out how by sticking around and rolling that intro graphic. Just a quick note for everyone at home. This show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. It's time to stand up to big tech. Protect your data at expressvpm.com slash backstage. Joining me tonight to discuss all of this and more, the Ben Shapiro, the Andrew Clavin, the Matt Walsh, Michael Knowles, and our special guest, Candace Owens, the... <laughs> <laughs> I want to make sure that I remind you uh, that per usual we will be answering questions from the Daily Wire members tonight. So if you aren't already a member, please go sign up right now. You can get your questions answered on air. Become a member. Go to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Get that 25% off when you use promo code CANDIS in honor of Me. Candace. Oh uh, the brand new talk show hosted by our very own Candace Owens. The show drops tomorrow for Daily Wire members only. So you want to get that membership tonight, dailywire.com slash subscribe. Use code Candice, get 25% off. Uh, I was there when they shot the show. It's fabulous. You're going to love it. Uh, So get over there, become a member, get your questions in. There's nothing to talk about. The the teleprompter had (laughs) exactly that much. (laughs) I was trying to read the news right before the show, and it was basically that teleprompter. That's all there is to say. Uh, I know Ben would rather just go home, but I thought... Yeah, we might. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's something that we could gin up of interest and in. The only thing that came to my mind yeah. is that it's Michael Knowles' birthday. Yeah, it's yes. a big day. It's my birthday. 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 I know.
2: Another uh, How trip. How many? You know, a lady never tells, but uh, 31. <laughs> the big three one, a yes. monumental birthday. It is monumental. Yes. I
1: remember last year uh, it was your 30th birthday, and we had all these plans of all oh, yeah. the ways that we were gonna celebrate you, and then uh, COVID happened oh, two days before. Two days before. Two days before, I, and that don't was it. I
3: remember having all those plans. Yeah, no, there <laughs> was,
2: I was gonna. COVID you was our excuse, oh, yeah. if you'll recall. we <laughs> looking back. We had yeah. Yeah. They sort of foisted it on us. Uh, yeah. You know, when it happened, sweet little Lisa said, "You know, hey, we'll celebrate your birthday in a few months." I said I wasn't born in a few months. I was born today, so that's over. So then she was like, "No, well, we'll celebrate it next year." Say, thirty-one. Um, a grown man can't have a thirty-first birthday. thirty-one. That's no. So at this now, age, you
1: get birthdays once a decade.
2: Yeah, at most. All you I get. mean, I think I need to basically be Drew's age before I get <laughs> another actual birthday.
4: So here's the thing. Today marks two dark occasions. One is backstage. And the second is the day that Michael Moles was popped out of his mother's womb. And we all regret this day. Some of us, it has cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. At least. Yeah, no, more true. than that. There's Others of us, like... it has cost nearly tens of thousands of dollars. And Candace, you're new. Don't worry. Yeah. And it's coming. so... Happy birthday to Michael Knowles and God help us all. <laughs> also, like, actually, in, in real news, Candace continues to be in a legal wrangle now with Cardi B's. So that's, no, yes. that's unbelievable. We have, to, we have to talk about that. That's the only important news talk is happening because
2: of Candace. That's right.
4: That's right. <laughs> so do we have any major, like, legal, breaking legal news?
5: Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because she's now deleted the tweets. and she Because
4: there was nothing wrong
1: with them. There was nothing yeah. wrong
5: with them. She deleted them and she gave maybe the best excuse ever because I obviously called her out for deleting the tweets where it's like, oh, I wonder what happened. You wait for the news cycle to go away and then you try to quietly delete the tweets because you maybe have gotten some legal counsel and you realize we are seriously suing you. And she gives the best excuse. She says, oh no, I deleted the tweets because my Twitter is fun and friendly. That's actually She
4: actually Right hmm. same, same excuse Hillary used yeah. yeah She was like I just drilled right through Those hard drives Because this this bathroom Is supposed to be Fun, fun and, and friendly, friendly. I want <laughs> like, airy Right, exactly She's ruining all the decor So we, yeah. had, to, we had to Bleach it. Best defense
5: this. ever I actually did that Because I, it's fun and fr- I just wanted to keep things Fun and friendly Yeah, exactly, no. uh, exactly. That, Deleted
4: that, tweets that. made her Pull out
0: game Yeah, away.
5: exactly So I mean, I'm very afraid of her But
0: um, But her, yeah. Cardi B is Can I just say She's great for traffic Oh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> He's really good for that. So.
5: Yeah. We, I, we, I I genuinely texted Ben when this went down, and I was like, I think at a certain point, like we are gonna have to cut her a check. Like, you know, yeah. Daily Wire, I think yeah, you know, it was,
2: like, in our culture, there's very little that shocks anymore. But I remember I think I probably first heard your rendition, Ben, of, of the Well, it's a better rendition. It was a was better, better rendition. It, was yeah. Yeah. Let's be better frank. Known it is terrific. Yeah. It was the highlight of the Like adventure. Joe absolutely. Cocker did the Beatles better and you did Cardi B better. Mm-hmm. Right. But but when I heard it and and John Belushi did Joe Cocker do much, much better, than better, this. better yes. still. Yeah. <laughs> w- when I first heard "WAP," uh, and I, you know, I don't know, I've been around the block uh, a little bit. <laughs> I, when I heard that song, I thought seriously for the first time that I didn't realize you could have audio pornography. That mm-hmm. you actually yeah. could have that you could read porn, or you could watch. I didn't know you could listen
0: to actual pornography. But that's what the song is. Yeah. I actually, I had the the opposite. In some ways, I, at first, I was shocked, and then I was shocked by. The fact that I wasn't shocked anymore because it's so, it, it should be a lot more shocking than it is to hear yeah, right, a right. woman singing that graphically about her genitalia. But mm-hmm. they, they have to try so hard to be shocking. At a certain point, when you're trying that hard, it just doesn't work anymore. And you watch the Grammys performance, the, the clip that I saw, I was surprised by how it just seemed kind of clumsy and desperate yeah. and, uh, and very like,
1: non It's like Babylon non-sexy. if Babylon really wanted attention. <laughs> <laughs>
2: reminded me of when norm Macdonald was doing the bob saget roast and all these roasts were just the most disgusting vile vulgar things you could say and norm got up and did a Mm. a bunch of 70s dean martin roast jokes you know like hey cloris you'll never be over the hill in the car that you drive right all these kind of innocent jokes and he was asked about this and he said they told me to be shocking (laughs) that (laughs) that was the only way to be shocking right and it's kind of you think like if someone does a waltz at the Grammys, that would be the most shocking yeah. thing.
5: Right? So if a girl kept her clothes on, on Instagram, you'd be like, this is shocking. I just <laughs> right. can't believe she's just going to keep her clothes on like that. that <laughs> and that's sad, that, but that's the so culture we live in. They have
3: constructed it, though, that you cannot point out that our, our culture is now almost universally trash. Mm. But if you point that out, you're kind of cranky. You know, and it's like you're just supposed to like watch the decadence and think, wow, it's really brave that our culture is now garbage. But, but, I yeah, would as as I say, you know, yeah. I
1: would believe your opinion if you didn't hate
3: the Beatles. But you've
1: actually been <laughs> no, cranky no, wait, since nineteen sixty three. No, but wait, wait,
3: be, be fair, be fair. I, I agree that the Beatles were tremendously talented. That's fair. But but I looked at them and I thought one day. Cardi B is going to do well. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Very, yeah. The straight slippery line. slope. A, line, exactly. Exactly. a very so slippery slope, three, as it turns 100 out. days <laughs> a week, man. Yeah.
1: Turning on incognito or private mode in Chrome and Safari is not enough. I just skipped the segue, and I went right to the ad. <laughs> that, was,
3: that was brave. Thank you. Wow, that was brave.
1: It doesn't matter how often you clear your browsing history. Your internet service provider or ISP can see every single website you've ever visited. Think about it. How many times did you go back and watch the Grammys' performances? Your ISP knows, and they can sell your data (laughs) to advertisers. That's why I use ExpressVPN to keep my online data secure and private. ExpressVPN makes sure that your ISP and third-party trackers, they can't see what you're doing online, and they can't see your location. It does that by rerouting your connection through a secure encrypted server. In fact, ExpressVPN protects all your data, regardless of whether you use incognito mode or not. ExpressVPN has you covered with easy to use apps for computers, mobile devices. You can use the internet in confidence. All you have to do, tap one button and you are protected. ExpressVPN is also the fastest and most trusted VPN on the market. That's why they're rated number one VPN by CNET and by Wired. So, go protect your online activity today with the VPN that I trust, that he trusts, that he trusts. I think she trusts it, we've never talked about it. Visit (laughs) expressvpn.com slash backstage and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com/backstage to learn more. And guys, if you saw the stuff that I'm into online, you'd know like, that guy's got to have a that Got to have, got it. have got it. Got yeah, it. Yeah. How many times we, he's we watched? Gashed. It's we
4: like gashed. insane. Yeah. yeah, it's insane. It really is. <laughs> but it, it, there is no culture left. Is the, I think the point. Well, you've been talking about
1: this, and, and I think it's important that we don't have a counterculture anymore. We have an anti-culture. Right. Well, what they
4: what it used to be the counterculture. The the idea was we know the rules, and we're going to fight the rules. But we at least acknowledge that the rules exist. Now it's, we're not just going to fight the rules. There are no rules. And the problem is that art without rules is just crap. See, this is this is the dirty little secret about art. It's like getting rid of all the rules of grammar and then trying to write a book on the basis of that. You can't do that because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Th- that's, that's true about all art. There have to be some limitations to what it is that you can do because that defines... Pushing the boundaries, if you, there, there are no boundaries to push. If you know I mean, all wasn't... the
6: scales
1: and you take liberties, that's jazz. If you just play random notes, right.
4: It's not exactly. even music. And, and when you watch these performances now, it's not as though they are they are playing with the line or just pushing past the line. There's no line anymore. So in a way, it was shocking how unshocking it was. Yeah. It was shocking that you you saw this and you you knew you were supposed to be kind of shocked, but at the same time, it was like this is as Matt was saying, perfectly pre- not only predictable but almost blasé. Like it wasn't even like this is so shockingly pornographic and sexy. It was like this almost. It, it felt like it's grotesque. Uh, it's it's yeah, it's yeah, I mean yeah. it's it's closer to it's closer to you know watching just either animals at a park or or closer right. to being you know, in anatomy lab. Like it didn't. It doesn't. There's nothing about it that was romantic or interesting well, in that, any way. Obviously, it's
3: it's also sad. I mean, this yes. is the thing. You're not shocked anymore. I, even when you were arguing with Cardi B. I was thinking, aside from your association with us, you're an elegant, well-spoken, you know, intelligent young lady <laughs> yeah. and talking to this woman who's acting like an animal yeah. on stage and the press is going like, ah, she really gave it to Candace. <laughs> and I <just> left, like, <laughs> yeah. just putting them together is sad. You know, I'm, I'm sorry <laughs> right. for this woman. And you, the
4: thing is, that uh, what you said, Candace, is exactly right. She's acting animalistic, but she's not an animal. And so she's degrading herself. Yeah, right. Right. And this is the part that's sad is that people in our yeah. society are doing this, is that She's so much more than that, right? She's a soul, and she's a brain, and she's a mind, and she is all these things. And I mean, beyond all the mockery and all the silliness, which she does bring on herself by seeking it out because she wants the attention, she wants the money. The there, there is something deeply sad about our society, which has decided that to celebrate this sort of behavior, and it does rip away the humanity of the people who participated and the people who watch it. I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, this I just, is,
2: you know, I, I don't say this just because you're my friend, but <laughs> I mentioned it on the show today. The the left's argument the left's art with WAP and then the left's argument through WAP is that we're just meat puppets, right? We're just kind of our flesh. They actually make the opposite argument with transgenderism, but we can get to that later. (laughs) But they just, we're kind of meat puppets, right? Uh, If you're black, you got to vote for Biden. If you don't, you ain't black. If you're a woman, you got to behave in a certain way. And I think this is why you, Candace, irritate her so much Mm -hmm. is because Mm -hmm. you're a woman, you're black, you... Uh, if you just looked at the two of you purely physically, you'd say, oh, these are very similar people. And yet, you have made totally opposite decisions Mm -hmm. in your life. And it just throws that whole ideology in the trash. It's such a challenge to it. I think they they can't really take it.
5: Yeah, I think that was one of the uh, more remarkable elements is that obviously she did this performance and everybody reported on it because she wanted everybody to report on it because she was being disgusting. And yet, it was specifically my 60-second response, right, that really got it really got under her skin in a way that I thought was quite fascinating. It's like, she could have picked any person talking about it online, and yet she was just so focused on me. So it's like, there's something about me that bothers you. And I think, to be honest with you, and just seeing the spiral of her tweets and how she was trying to pull anything about me, right? She's like, you make your husband a sandwich, ah! <laughs> and, like, you know, and I was like, Is this, are we really doing this? Like, yes, yeah, so I make my husband sit, caught me. <laughs> um, you know, and I, I think she's embarrassed. I think deep well, down, nice you're to her. I agree with yeah. you. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, you can play pretend, but at night you have to go to sleep with you and your own thoughts, right. and that cannot feel good. And
3: and Knowles is right. It's like she's looking in a mirror, and the mirror is showing her something she, else she could have been. Yeah, I,
0: yeah. Thought, I thought the the sandwich line was especially revealing because she's rejecting. It's a very feminine thing to take care to be a caretaker, to take care of your husband and your family. She's rejecting all that's feminine. And then it's interesting because we see in the culture of just this week, really, we see two examples of what happens when prominent women reject their femininity. So you've got Cardi B rolling around on the stage, and it is very just sad to watch. That's maybe the, 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 the primary emotion that I feel actually is sad when but I watch. Can we, can we then, agree as,
1: as four men on the, on the show— but there was actually nothing sexy about the performance. Right. Just no, no, want to cut nothing. you off for a second. There are
0: five of us. I don't know what this is about. men. Oh, okay. there's nothing remotely sexy about it. That's why it's, it's yeah, being yeah. being sad is not. You know, for me, that's not a, a turn on to be sad. Uh, know, some people are into different things, though. But, but then you also have uh, at the same time you've also got uh, L- Elliot Page now, and yeah. this this picture on Time magazine, and I, I look at that and I think this is really incredibly sad I, to, to look at that this woman who was an attractive woman and now is a, is a you know this kind of frail looking man yeah. you know, or or some or a person trying to imitate a man but this is re- rejecting her femininity and this is the, the the two things that happen in this culture when you reject femininity you got cardi b
2: but isn't got, it weird that you're getting these two opposing ideas by the left both ideas are aimed at destroying our old understanding the old standards mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it but they're opposite ideas. The one is we're just meat puppets, we're just kind of bumping and grinding, it's all about the whap, right? That's the materialist idea. And then there's the Gnostic idea that, that my my body has nothing to do with who I really am. If if Ellen Page says, you know, my my biology is all woman, but I feel in my metaphysical deep, deep down that I'm a man, then I'm not even a combination. I'm just a man. It's just my immaterial self. You can't hold those two views simultaneously. You can. Yeah. I, see, I think the problem is that you you're assuming that this ideology
1: uh, is that you're assuming that the ideology actually has a framework, yeah, a, no, a logical consistency. Right, right. But it isn't. It's a, to your point about anti culture. It's an anti ideology. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's actually this is uh, it's whatever you think, whatever system you adhere to is wrong. Those systems must be torn down in favor of the individual, in favor of yeah. of individual expression. And the it's-
5: remarkable thing is that it makes them all miserable. Right, So it's, it's, it's yes, they're doing the opposite and they're miserable. Everything about their lives, and this has always been my challenge because I consider myself, I always say, I'm not a feminist. I'm, I'm a proud yep. non-feminist, right? And I'm talking about, obviously, modern feminism, which is not about uplifting women. It's not about equality with men. And I say to these young girls that follow me, find me a feminist and, and let's examine whether they're happy, right? Chelsea Handler, do you think she's happy, right? Cardi B, look at her life. Do you think she's happy? All these people that are telling you, ah, men are horrible, we got to do this, we got to... Look at them objectively and say, is that the life I want to have when I get older?
1: And who right? will make Elliot Page a sandwich? <laughs> 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 Everything's awesome. so, Candace, we, uh, we have a question from a Daily a girl yeah. <laughs> We have can, uh, uh, a question for Candace from the Daily Wire audience. Uh, the question, Candace, I love that you are on the front lines of the culture war, engaging with prominent industry figures like Cardi B. Uh, how did you develop the confidence to speak publicly while receiving so much backlash? That's a good question.
5: Yeah, it's a very good question. And I'm going to say one thing and everyone's going to be like, oh, this is ridiculous. But first and foremost, I'm a, I always say I'm a pretty formed person. I'm confident in who I am. I stand on my two feet. And a lot of that came from first because I took a very liberal route to conservatism. So Mm -hmm. having done so many things wrong that like when you're screaming, oh, yeah, feminism, it's like it's I say feminism, it's like, you know, trying drugs in college. Like, you know what I mean? you got (laughs) to come out the other side before you become an addict and ruin your whole life. (laughs) Right. Um, And so, you know, experimenting with these things that made me like I was miserable. I was miserable when I was a liberal. I mean, that's really the best way to say it. And then so I was so sure when I became a conservative and everything just got better. By you know, just believing in discipline, believing that this this all does mean something, um, falling back into religion, like you know, I, I kind of abandoned Christianity for a while and kind of um, became an atheist in a way, um, and just I realized that my grandparents got something right, and and I was happier when I started living like that. But then the second thing, and it's so you know, people don't understand this, Kanye West genuinely inspired me when I decided that I was going to jump into politics. I'll never forget. Um, I was listening to his song on repeat when I was like, I'm going to do this, but I need to know that, like, you just have to stop. You have to not care what anybody else thinks. And that is written into the DNA of Kanye West's music for people that follow culture. Um, He has always been a person who does not care what other people think. You cannot care what other people think. You have to just kind of go into it and say, I'm jumping out of the window and you know that's a line from one of the songs, and he's like, "It's going to be a beautiful death." And uh, this is a great time to mention that Kanye West is now worth six point six billion dollars as of today, <laughs> the richest black man. Is he really? Um, that's ever, yeah, ever, ever, ever in the United in the United States. Well wow.
1: wow. What's What's really both inspiring and tragic about what you just said uh, is that music helped you find yourself. Music yeah. helped you find the path to be who you are. And I think that that's a good coda to the conversation about Cardi B, which is there is a consequence to the fact that our culture is descending into this madness which is music probably more than any other art form uh, has such a, a power I, I always say that if you want to uh, if you want to judge the the sort of theological integrity of a church you shouldn't listen to the pastor nobody else does yeah, it's really right. the songs it's what yeah. people sing in their own voice the power mm. of hearing your voice lifted mm. in song singing along Could with the radio
5: yeah. Chinese philosopher. If you want to, uh, you know, determine the morals of a society, th- its music will furnish the answers, and that's a question to ask of Black America. If, if the, you know, the music determines the answer, what, what what are we producing right now? What is Cardi mm-hmm. B producing? And that's what I say. It's not good because what you put into your ear, the thoughts become things. Yeah. And so I don't listen to trash music anymore. Like it, I just, I mean, I listened to it when I was younger. I just don't. Can I'm I, like, you know.
0: Can I say we can't have someone here who's going to pull out Confucius quotes? because um, yeah, no, I, I can't keep up with that no, it, makes yeah. us, it makes us look <laughs> <like> Kansas, <laughs> yeah really. I'm sorry yeah, right. know, tone, know, it, down. Know,
2: it's no, interesting. tone it down a, said. a bit. said <laughs> yeah,
6: yeah, as Michael said <laughs> as, as Michael videos. said yeah. you
2: know uh, but there's this there's this contrary strain as you say this right I don't listen to much pop music at all I don't think most of us listen to a ton of pop music
6: nah, listen, I do little I touch pop every pop now music. and again
2: Candace is the most in touch with the culture Kanye releases a gospel album like what a couple years ago I mean it was it was a pretty good album I really liked it actually and I you know so there is also, that I mean, he's probably the biggest star yeah. basically in the world. So, what does that mean that you got WAP and you've got Jesus is King, yeah. both coming out around the same time? Yep, it's it's
5: interesting. And I will say this, and, and because this news of Kanye becoming, you know, the, the most the, the wealthiest Black person that's ever lived, I mean, ever lived in America in the United States, um, I, th- I had a conversation with him a couple of months ago that was like so inspiring. Maybe it was like two months ago, and we were on the phone, and he said, um, "I'm not." This is, this is his exact sentence, by the way. I'm not Finn to be the poorest one of Elon's friends. <laughs> and then I said to him, you know what? I'm not Finn to be the poorest one of Kanye's friends. Yeah, no. Like, you know, and, and I mean, this is like, he's so inspiring to me for those reasons. People just never understood what it was about Kanye West. But if you follow his music, in the DNA of his music, he's, he cannot communicate his ideas. That's his problem, right? Hmm. He's He's a teeters thinly genius insanity and like he's got the ideas here and then when he says it you're like whoa what was that that did not you know you did not communicate that correctly but he is always in a way really ahead of his time and i knew exactly what he meant when he said that about elon musk and i was like that's guys an interesting way to look at yourself i think the i am the poorest one of elon's friends i
2: might be the poorest one of <laughs> candace's friends <laughs> i'm
6: really
5: upset to say <laughs> that gotta say on your show, I'm we're not gonna keep to it that either. way <laughs> <laughs>
2: I remember how
1: hard it was to shop for life insurance before Policy Genius. <laughs> great segue. Guys, I know. This
6: is great. You're
1: actually free. says You're this free. in the teleprompter. <laughs> <laughs> riff, riff on how you remember it being hard to buy life insurance before Policy Genius. <laughs> Here's the, I never bought life insurance before Policy Genius. Now I have a child, and I have bought life insurance, and I did buy it on Policy Genius. And it wasn't hard. It was great. Now is the time to get your life in order. Why not start by protecting your family? with life insurance. I want my daughter to have fond memories of me, which she will only do by buying nice things because I had a life insurance policy. You say, don't you want her to actually know you? God, no. (laughs) Look at me. Policy Genius can help you compare top insurers in one place and they can save you 50% or more for your trouble. Once you find your best option, the Policy Genius team will set you up and set up your new policy for you and answer any questions you have along the way. Policy Genius makes it easy to compare policies from as little as $15 a month. You might even be eligible to skip the in-person medical exam. I wasn't. Look at how I eat. (laughs) Since their licensed agents work, work for you, not the insurance company, there's zero hassle. If you hit any speed bumps during the application process, Policy Genius will take care of everything. That's the truth. I got my life insurance policy during COVID. Getting that medical exam, I thought we just won't be able to do it. I mean, how many people are trying to get Uh, life insurance during a pandemic. Not a great time probably to try. How are they even going to take care of this medical exam Uh, when people are isolating and distance? They were able to get someone to meet me at the office and take care of this for me so that I could provide for my family and take those precautions. So while you're tidying up around the house this spring, why not get your life insurance situation organized as well? You can save up to 50% or more by comparing quotes and feel good knowing that if something happens, your loved ones will be taken care of. Go to policygenius.com to get started. Policy Genius, when it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. So, I'm gonna i going to congratulate No, I just love excellent.
3: hearing you say insurance. Like, you know, that's, I know. <laughs> it feels very down home.
4: There's a, watch this topical segue. So, with with <laughs> regard to, <laughs> final note on, on Cardi B, the, the thing that, that really struck me in the exchange that you were having with Cardi B is the way that, the media just allowed her to get away with everything.
1: Yes. Right? I mean, yeah, she,
4: she yeah. literally just took tweets that were made up out of whole cloth mm-hmm. and then threw those at you. And the headlines were spat between Cardi B and Candace. Now, if not you'd made up something as ridiculous as she made up about you and then put it out there and then she had threatened to sue you, we all know what the headline would have mm-hmm. been. But you're not on the proper side of the political aisle. And she is Cardi on the B proper side. Cardi B has confessed to aisle. drugging
1: and robbing yes. yeah. men. Yeah. When you talk about what the media will let her get away with, yeah. can yes. you imagine any, uh, any. Basically, human. forget any yes. human.
5: Right, yeah. any human. She yeah. should any be human. in
0: prison. She should, she should right now be in prison until like the year 2050 based on the crimes that she, that she confessed to. And, you know, we're obviously not into cancel culture around here, but there's a big difference between Crime. if she said something offensive, like an offensive t- tweet... 10 years ago and confessing to violent crimes yeah. against I- I am other human beings. She's just criminals. like, that's what I had to right. do. Yeah, I throw <laughs> that. To- but, totally. I, I say we should... Yeah, so that-
5: Cancel criminals. Yeah. <laughs> <But> let's start <laughs> the, the, that hashtag. Cancel
4: the, but the broader point is that obviously if you meet with the left's political approval, then you can get away with literally anything. That's literally anything. Up to and including the most, most vicious sort of racism, obviously. Right. And, and this sort of brings me to the, the topic that, that's been eating the news of late, which is the shooting in, uh, in Atlanta. It's, this horrific act of evil by this white guy who shot a bunch of Mm -hmm. Asian women. And the number of pieces, so far there's no evidence that it was racially based. It may very well be racially based. He says it wasn't. Right, he said said it wasn't. Uh, Like racists. Always denying that they have racial animus. That's the evidence. But But this is sort of the point, is that if you are of the proper political perspective, you can be as racist as you want to be and accuse every single other person on planet Earth of racism. The same exact people who are suggesting that this, not only this shooting, but all anti-Asian hate crimes in the United States are the result of white supremacy and whiteness. Those, those same exact people are saying that Asian people should be barred from high schools and colleges based on their outstanding level of success also, academically.
3: Also, why is nobody asking the question... These, these women were working in massage parlors, which were obviously sex parlors. Right. Why is nobody asking the question, why are so many Korean women being sold into sex slavery? Right. That, to right. me, is a really racial question that I haven't heard one person say. Yeah. I, and it, it is true, by the way. It is happening. I don't know why it's happening, but I'd like to know. I think that's, you know, that's one of the truly... Degrading, awful experiences that is taking place in our culture now. People talk about slavery that's been over for a hundred years, but they don't talk about this is slavery. It is slavery when you come over and they they tell I mean, you. That, they're, and, they're, and and they're a good one culture thing would be talking about it, yes, right? With yes, the treatment of these right. women
4: before they they were uh, you yeah. know I mean, murdered in the most egregious fashion. That's right. I'm sure right they didn't least.
3: sign up. They didn't I mean, go come here right. thinking, "Wow, I can be a sex slave." You know? I mean,
4: there, there, there are so many issues here. You know, the 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 evil of men who are who are living in a in a pornified culture, the, the lengths to which those men will go to do active evil to women. you know the, the, There's so many different topics that are really of interest. The one that seems the least of interest in a, in a situation where we literally have no evidence that this was a racially based crime is the racist angle. But naturally, it turned into mm-hmm. Donald Trump said Wuhan <laughs> virus. Therefore, this guy went and shot up a bunch yeah. of... Yes. You know, brothels, what look like well, brothels. It
2: also, you know, it's, right now, to call someone a racist is the worst thing you can be called. R- racism is the only sin, right? It's the only crime it? that we, In the culture, it's that's. It's
5: getting boring think. It now. It's like every everybody's called <laughs> well, a racist now. Yeah. And it's like. But, that, right.
4: but that's why they changed the language, right? Yeah. Because they realized yeah, right. that the racist charge had stopped it stopped having the same sort of impact that it had because they'd applied it to literally everyone. Mm-hmm. So everybody went, okay, well, if he's racist, then racism not mean anything. Right. Yeah. So instead, what they did was they recognized that there was still a term that had a lot of currency, white supremacist, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. when you think white supremacist, you think of the skinhead with the Nazi tattoo on his neck who's shooting up the West Valley JCC, right? That's that's what you think of. Right. And so what they did is then they laundered the term white supremacist into white supremacy, and white supremacy was no longer a philosophy whereby white people were superior to other people. Mm-hmm. It was a philosophy whereby All of America's institutions that end With inequality of outcome, were infused with white supremacy, right. yeah. and therefore to be anti-racist and anti-white supremacy meant that you had to oppose all of America's institutions. So they wandered the term racist into white supremacist, into white supremacy, and now into whiteness. Right. 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 And so right. they've and come. They, they do this. that
3: all the time, though. You know, they, they're liberals, they're leftists, they're progressives. As, as people find out what they are, they change the word to keep ahead of the. the but uh,
4: it's shepherds. broadened out so much now that they are overtly being racist. I mean, they're over- they're, there's a. Piece we're talking today. about segregating colleges. I, I mean, there's a
1: piece right. literally you, today where in where the, the
5: root. Segregating ceremonies. Yeah. Uh, graduation ceremonies yeah. i mean segregation i've been talking about this for years there are there are certain black only dorms okay yes. Do you yeah. mean we, we're so woke black people that like all they had to do was repackage it to us as <laughs> like really like we're so we're actually we're gonna segregate ourselves thank you yeah. very much yeah. okay it's so stupid it's, it, it's implausibly stupid yeah. right yeah. And, and black americans enough of them are not realizing this like you know what i mean it's like obviously me i speak up and i'm like guys hello um remember that whole like period where we tried to like desegregate <laughs> yeah you're just you're just choosing it well, empowering now because I'm choosing to say it. It's, what, what, it's what, gone, but it's, what, it, it's what gone. What's
3: really frightening, though, is what Jeremy said before, is that when I think about what, what the end game is, there is no realistic end game that they can reach. And it's almost as if they're just locusts. It's like they're just, it's, it's not, it's like you said, it's an anti-philosophy. It's not a philosophy. It's not a vision of what the world could be.
5: Well, you could kill America well, in well, the that, process. That's it. Right? That's it, because right? It, it doesn't work this way. It's no, well, it's, no longer a meritocracy. But, but anybody can kick kids, over a sandcastle. Well, it's, hard to, right. it's hard to build build. California, they're no longer allowed to flunk black students on the basis of not showing up.
2: Right.
6: Think
5: about this. <laughs> so, like, they saw too many black kids were flunking because they just weren't coming to school, and they said we're not allowed to do that anymore. They got rid of the concept yeah. of flunking. Yeah, uh, a, <laughs> right. a teacher just got canceled. I'm sure you saw this. could the, they do the, that when I was in At school.
4: Georgetown? Yeah. yeah. The teacher, the Georgetown law professor?
5: Yeah, because she told the truth. She said, the bottom. every time I check at the bottom of my class, the majority of the students are black. Mm. For saying that on uh, you know, yeah, exactly, Zoom session, Zoom session for saying, right. acknowledging the truth about people. They said, "Well, you're racist." That's the only way that could be happening. She's not was because bad. Can, yeah. she was saying, she was she was saying bad. What do we do she was about saying it?
4: Some mean? of my best students are black, but disproportionately, a lot of my worst students are black. Yeah. How can I make this different? Right, and they and get in trouble. They say, well,
5: the, well, well, the, "You must be racist." That's why that's the bottom of your class. The Smithsonian
1: Institute said a year ago that the nuclear family and work, the Protestant work ethic, objective truth, and objective truth are tools of
5: white supremacy. Being on time. It's a right. tool of white supremacy. But, but what
2: I want to know is this, especially with regard to this, this shooting in Atlanta at the, the massage parlor. The guy who's perpetrated it says, I, I am a sex addict and I basically I gave into lust and that was the sin that drove me to this. And everyone said, well, no, you're a racist. <laughs> what, racism is what? It's, it's wrath and pride, basically. Those are the two deadly sins that lead you to Racism. Can it also be other sins? Couldn't it be lust? Couldn't it be like why is it that as a culture we've completely lost uh, a sense of all the other sins, all the other vices, and it's just this one very particular sin of racism well, we're it's, focused on? It's and all malleable, also, right? There, there was an entire article today in the New York
4: Times about how this guy had claimed that it was because he had a sex addiction and because he was addicted to sex, this is what drove him to this. List. He's a piece of crap, and you know his views are of no consequence. But if we're talking about societal trends that are a problem. You know, when when you talk about sex addiction and porno, pornography addiction, I mean, yeah. pornography addiction is a very real thing in our society for sure. But what the piece said, and this is the part that was hilarious, said experts doubt that sex addiction leads to this. Okay, <laughs> I'm old. I'm old enough. So here's the thing, I'm old enough to remember when Bill Clinton claimed that he was a sex addict. Yeah. Right. And the entire media went, oh well, you know that's a thing, yeah. right? That's probably first of all, if you want to talk about a sex addict, that's just called a man. It's a man. <laughs> the the, <laughs> the best, <laughs>
1: best thing. The best thing about sex addiction is that. Uh, uh, the one eight hundred number to get help starts off with <laughs> for a good time call <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think what, one of the dangers here to drew's point that well, there's a question about why are all these women ending up in sex trafficking michael you, you 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 point out well, sex addiction, why did that drive them to it so we're because we're so focused on racism, we're neglecting every other societal yeah. problem, and there are a lot of really interesting and important questions that we should be asking and dealing with. That's the point. And it's it's just like um, uh, there was the the awful case a week ago of the black teenagers breaking into a a, a guy's house, a white man, uh, mentally disabled, setting him on fire. These kids are 16 and 14 years old. And they they break in, and we we still don't know why. uh, And this is hardly being reported by the media. And of course, the races, if it is reported, the races are taken out of the story completely. Um, But 16 and 14-year-old black kids go into a white man's house, set him on fire, watch him burn for a little bit, and then just leave. And he dies. And we should be asking the question, what is going on in this country that would lead a 14-year-old kid mm. to set him, in, black or white, it doesn't matter his race, what is going on that would lead a 14-year-old kid to do that? And, but that's a question we're just not talking about it because we can't talk about the, the issue will the all be the right, but, but that's the original.
5: point. It's it's intentional. They want us to focus on race because they're destroying America, right? This is the easiest way to destroy America, right? So you're 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 saying, right. look yeah. over here, look over here. We don't have. Class. But we're burning down all of these things. They don't want you to address the actual ill. But, right? but I have mean.
1: a I have a theory about this that we have never talked about before. I think, which is, uh, the I think the culpability of the church and the reason that the church is in such trouble in America. Uh, you know, David French often talks about how you know, the evangelical church has lost its way as is evidenced by its support of Donald Trump. And he'll say, you know, if you go back uh, to the late 90s during Clinton impeachment, mid 90s, you have, you know, I don't know what it's called, but all the pastors got together and signed, you know, the the Frenchian accords where they said that it's very bad and character is destiny. And now we've forsaken that and the church has lost its way. And now it's just an instrument of politics. And I've been thinking about that now for the last two years. And I, I believe that uh, the church actually did lose its way david's correct but it lost its way in the 90s not now in the 90s the uh, the late 80s and the 90s the church made a decision which culminated in the impeachment saga which was that the church was going to go all in as a political instrument in the country they did it in the name of being the moral majority and they carried they carried freight for the republican party who was having a hard time Explaining the simple concept of because per- we're so bad at media, Republicans they couldn't con- explain the simple concept of perjury to the American people and make them care. And so the church said, "Well, don't worry, we've got it. We're going to say that it's about something that it actually isn't about, which is you know a man laid down with a woman uh, and a cigar, and we definitely <laughs> yeah. need to kick him out of." I think they were love is love. I don't Love is yeah. love. right, right. right. Um, but that whole idea of the church as a moral instrument, as opposed to the church as uh, a community. of of people seeking righteousness from God. Righteousness is a distinct concept from morality. And when the church went all in on morality, which does have a massive cultural component, I think that they were sealing their fate because in the late 80s, the the morals that the church cared the most about were like, don't say bad words, don't have sex before before you're married, and don't smoke. And the morals of our country have changed, and the majority morals within the church now are don't be racist, uh, don't uh, apologize for your whiteness, um, and I guess wear a don't mask. Offend anybody I, else. Don't offend anybody I, I, else.
3: I, I, I take issue with part of this because I think, first of all, the, the original sin was, was in the Reagan era when they became the moral. That's when they became the moral majority, and it was a reaction to abortion. It was the idea that, oh, these, these people in Washington, it's, you know, it's just Supreme Court judges, not elected officials, can suddenly say you can't make a law about abortion. And I think that woke a lot of evangelicals up to the fact that the culture was going south. The problem to me is not you know, about morality or righteousness. The problem is about the world. The church was never there to make the world a better place. There's no place in the Gospels where Jesus mm. says, go out and make the world a better place. What he says to you is, the world In sucks. this world, you and will you, have your problem. And you are going to get crucified and, and then proved it, you know, that that's what's going to happen to you. And the, what they want us to be relevant. I mean, I think uh, John MacArthur talks about this yeah. all the time. They want to—they want to have an effect on the world instead of having an effect on people's souls. Yeah. Now, yes, if people's souls are saved, I think that's going to make for a better world. But that is an an actual secondary point. Once the church decided that it was going to be a, a uh, an engine for world change, for world betterment, they were lost because the world is actually. I don't bad think place. we're
1: saying. I don't think what we're saying is radically. It's different. not radically different because no, what I'm saying no. about morality ultimately no. is that. Righteousness can't be judged with human eyes. This is why Christ says, "If you have lust in your heart, you are an adulterer." Or if you have hate for your brother, you are a murderer. He doesn't. He's not Yoda. He doesn't say, "If you have hate for your brother, on the path to murderer you are." No, he's, you are one because God sees the heart of a man, right? Right, and His judgment isn't limited like ours is to just the things that we can measure and observe right. uh, with our senses. Morality is the things that we can measure and observe with our senses, and so when the church goes in for morality, it's it's. I think it's the same thing. We're basically saying that the church was only interested in what it could measure and not in the actual substance that undergirds the things. There's that
3: something th- I mean measured. I mean there is, you know, when Jesus is asked how will I be saved? He does reference six of the of the 10 commandments. I mean, he does there is there is a, there is a a Moral law. I think there was a, a, a natural moral law that we live by and basic things that you can't do and be moral. You yeah, can't.
2: don't smoke, don't say bad words, don't <laughs> have <laughs> sex before marriage, and don't oh, be racist. Isn't the pillow you can't And, and, and <laughs> wear a mask. Don't and forget wear a mask. And forget wear that mask. Yeah, wear a mask. The the problem. that's the more
0: that, gospel of St. Boucher. St. yeah. The problem is more, I know you don't like this term, but it seems to me the problem is more the church gave up on objective morality. You're talking about the church adopting the the morality of the age. And how it changes over time, which, of course, it, that's exactly the problem. And it's absurd that, that people are going and sitting down in pews and listening to, listening to sermons about the dangers of racism. Like Every single person agrees. You don't need, you don't need to say it. There's no reason to give a sermon on it. Um, what, they, what they've gotten rid of is, the, is the, the, the fundamental universal morality. And we're not talking about that as much. But I know you, you don't like well, the it's, objective it's, morality. Term. You know, I don't
1: like the term objective morality, but I don't fundamentally disagree with what you're saying. I disagree with the language around what you're saying. God's standard is himself. God's standard is righteousness. And uh, my understanding of the gospel is that he says that the only way that you, ac- that you attain that righteousness is as a gift. Christ, as Corinthians says, uh, one Corinthians, not two Corinthians. Yeah. Uh, he says, Christ has become for us wisdom from God. That is, he has become righteousness. Or as Romans says, now a righteousness made manifest apart from the moral law, apart from the law, the righteousness that's found through the faith of Jesus or in the faith of Jesus Christ.
3: But he, does, but he does say that the law will be written on your heart. You sure. Know, you know, so but,
1: that, but that's, again, now we're talking about the unmeasurable thing. We're talking about the heart of a man, which is where God lives, which is where righteousness lives. But, so,
2: there is a, a sense, too, I think, on this distinction between objective morality and this kind of like culturally relativistic thing where it's always changing and we didn't smoke cigarettes in the 80s and now it's whatever, wear a mask, is the traditional understanding of conscience, of your moral conscience, is, what, is that it is a judgment of reason. Where you can distinguish between good and evil, it's not just like my feels, man, and it's not like what Doctor Fauci tells me. It is one day. It's like you can rely on your faculties of reason to, very imperfectly, but still with some, you know, reliability, measure the the difference between good and bad. And we've completely lost that. I mean, but but even even Aquinas talks about the, uh, you know, when we rely
4: on reason, it's reason in coordination with revelation. Yes, right. Right. We all we all have we we have we we all have to acknowledge that the basis that we are using our reason upon is revelation because reason unmoored mm-hmm. ends with the catastrophes of the 19th and 20th centuries. Right. That's right. No, you're right. And, you're right. And so what we're watching right now is, is that happen in, in when churches, synagogues, when they refuse to speak in religious terminology, when they refuse to talk about the inerrant word of God, yeah. and instead when they start talking about kind of broad moral terminology without that underpinning, this is why you end with this bizarre situation where the Pope reaffirms, 2,000 years of teaching about same-sex marriage. Yeah. And news. the entire... And, yeah. and, and, right, and breaking news, the yeah. Pope didn't uh. cave to modern standards of same-sex marriage and transgenderism. Yeah. Why would it's you far. expect him to do so? Right. Right. And the only reason that society expects him to do so is because that they, be- they believe that the church is so engaged with the world that it's up to the world to change, change the church, not the other way around. Well, I love
2: this yeah. point because in a sane culture, the shocking breaking news would be if the pontiff presiding over the most enduring institution in the entire civilization just changed his the views overnight, right? <laughs> yeah. That would be the shocking thing. But in this world, where we're so it, uh, absolutely imbibing progressivism all the time, we're so intoxicated on it, the shock is that he doesn't do it overnight. Right. Well, but th- th- but this is one of the reasons why, I, I, on a deeper level,
4: our politics is fundamentally broken because we don't share the same framework. We're not even speaking within yeah, the same framework. That's
1: it. Well, I right, know, one? And it's
5: funny, because I would then add that I actually think one of the biggest issues, and obviously this is, I think what, what underpins everything we're discussing, though, and it goes back to like reason, is that people just don't think critically because we are actually producing people not to think. I mean how many people That's do you right. think that go to church have ever even actually read the Bible?
4: Oh, very few. Right I I Nine walk percent.
5: around D C yeah. like my husband and I live in D C as and and literally I see LGBT flags on the churches, mm, okay? Yeah. Black Lives Matter flags on the churches. Oh, yeah. Like this is actually, they have become political institutions. Right? When, like, when you fly, you fly a pride become.
1: flag of any kind. Yeah. That's right. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah Maybe re- read <laughs> page three.
5: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Open up your Bible <laughs> to page three. <laughs> yeah, it's fascinating, you know. It, flag, it's my... a yeah. flag, <laughs> yeah. And, and it's like, you know, trying to find a church, for when we were trying to find a good church in D.C., it was incredible. I mean, it yeah. was just, I'm really going, its we've just gotten so far. And then you couple that with the education system where they're actually teaching kids to suspend critical thinking. Just remember what we're telling you. Hmm. Right. So they, they wouldn't even be able to reason. The kids can't reason at all. Well, you, right? and you this don't. kind of this takes us all the way back to the Greeks. Right. Yeah. And Socrates and running around and saying, take care of yourself. Right. Emmanuel Kant, the enlightenment. Like there, there's so many. I just feel like society is just it's almost cyclical at this point. Right. Where it's like people don't think they just do. And we're at the part where. You know, you get a little nervous about the state of things today and what's going to happen with America, because if you speak to the average child, they're, they're just they don't well, think well, at all. What's, what's
4: new, I think, right now, and this, I, I've been referring to this book because I really think it's fabulous. There's a book by Carl Truman called The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, and I think it's tremendously explanatory of just where we are as a society. Mm-hmm. And that is that we, over the past couple of hundred, of hundred years, have redefined what happiness means. What happiness used to mean, and for most civilizations meant, is that you as a child were a barbarian. Kids are barbarians. Anyone who has kids knows that small children are barbarians. As the father of three young children, they are wonderful barbarians. (laughs) Right? That's what they are. They're innocent, wonderful, tremendous barbarians. And your job to make them happy is to teach them about the nature of the world and the realities of the world and how they can adapt to living within that world. Right. That's that. That is the job of a parent. Right. You don't want your kids to run in the streets. They'll get hit by a car and you don't want them to violate the laws of nature because then they will be cutting against their own nature and the reality that surrounds them. Yeah. Well, in the in the early 18th century, uh, well, mid 18th century, there's this move away from individuals are defined by reference to their institutions and how they adapt to those institutions, yep. to individuals are defined by what they are inside. Yep. It is a very Rousseau move where your individual happiness is now reliant on your ability to define yourself however you see fit. Now, he didn't feel that was super dangerous because he was still living inside a set of rules and boundaries that's, that's that he right. took for granted. Right. Yeah. But then those rules and boundaries went away. I mean, this is Nietzsche's point, right? Once you get rid of the rules and boundaries, then without God, with God being dead, who's, who's to define any of these rules and boundaries? And so now the only thing left that matters in this world, is how you define yourself on the inside, mm-hmm. right? Because all of the rules and boundaries, those are actually impediments to how you define yourself. So the, the point that Carl Schreben makes, and he brings this forward to transgenderism, is that you know, religious people, traditionally conservative people, they look at this and they go, this makes no sense. How can you say that I identify as something that I obviously am not? And how can it be that when I say you're obviously not that, this makes me a bigot? And also if I say biology says you are not this, how does that make me a bigot? How is that even possible, right? That's why I brought they, up Emmanuel
5: Kant because you can't, you can't define yourself unless you can think. Right, right. You get what I'm saying? So but, like, there is no thinking. There is no reasoning. Well, you, so was, the, it, how are they going to define themselves? But
4: what, what, what really, the, the point that Truman is making is that self, because self de- definition has now been defined as happiness, as opposed to yeah. adapting to the circumstances around you in accordance with reason, mm-hmm. right, which used to be called virtue. Because we got rid of virtue, the basic idea of happiness is whatever floats my boat, but the rest of the world has to adapt to the flotation of my boat. Right? I mean, if the, if the rest of the world puts a hole in my boat, the rest of the world has imposed on me. If mm-hmm. biology. Yeah. Puts a hole in my boat. Biology has imposed on me because I am this thing on the inside that defines itself. And all of nature, all of humanity has to adapt itself to my whim. Otherwise, it's 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 an actual harm. And that's why when people say you're harming me because you're denying my existence. Mm. I'm not denying, I I see you right there. You're a person. I just disagree with you. No, you're denying their existence because as soon as you deny their ability to express themselves Mm. and to identify as they see fit, it's the only thing in the entire world that matters. And so it is not enough to say, do whatever you want in the privacy of your own home or your nadalco gets whatever surgeries you want. That's not enough. They require, uh, people require approval. People require that you cheer for them. And if you don't cheer for them, it's an active violation of who they are.
1: Well, what I know for an absolute fact is that uh, the definition of happiness is having lots and lots of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, of course. You know, people living today, they they're, they don't know how to think. They don't know how to remember. They also, I'm so grateful that I didn't grow up in the age of social media where like every single thing you ever did as a child has been chronicled. Uh, all of your bad decisions exist. Like if you want to see a photograph of my grandpa, like you've got to go to my grandma's house, dig around in her attic, find that one book, blow the dust off of it, bring it downstairs, open it up. gingerly remove the plastic covering and hope you don't rip grandpa's face off. Because if you do, great-grandson never going to know what grandpa looks (laughs) like. uh, Unless you have been smart enough to go visit our friends over at Legacy Box. Stop it. I
6: did it.
4: Stop it. it. I did
6: it. It was great. That was was
1: a journey. It was a a shaggy dog ad. (laughs) Legacy Box is a simple mail-in service where you can have all of your videotapes, camcorder tapes, film reels, and pictures digitally preserved on a thumb drive, DVD, or in the cloud. The process from start to finish is easy and simple. You pack and send, their team digitizes everything by hand, then you enjoy. Plus, they keep you up to date with regular email updates throughout the entire digitizing process. Legacy Box is the world's largest digitizer of home movies and photos, and it's helped over 850,000 families digitally preserve their past, including me. The very first thing that I ever bought from a Facebook ad, and I don't want to toot my own horn, uh, but pretty good with the Facebook ads, like... Th- this little company of ours uh, yeah. were, were, were pretty sophisticated with the Facebook ads. The first time I ever was conscious of a Facebook ad, and thought, this is really something, is when Legacy Box was pulling money out of my wallet yeah. and getting me to mail them my photos. It was a great service then. It's an even better service today. You can future-proof your memories. Go to LegacyBox.com slash Shapiro to get an incredible 40% off of your first order. <laughs> Buy today. Take advantage of this exclusive mm-hmm. offer Send them what you've got when you're ready. legacyboxcom Shapiro, because I don't care about slash boring. You'll save 40% <laughs> off while supplies last.
0: Matt, uh, yeah, just jumping on you. you the, that book, which I, I only just started reading it, so. Um, but my, what, what I found attractive about it is that he's he's taking Truman, is taking transgenderism as the starting point as this obviously incredibly significant fact about our civilization, maybe the most significant fact is right now is transgenderism because it speaks to our idea of the self. Right. And, and this goes to, like, another problem we have is that conservatives often are very slow to understand and react to what's happening in the culture. So I can remember five years ago talking about transgenderism and the response that I would always get from conservatives, even now sometimes, but certainly five years ago was, uh, why are you talking about this like six people? Yeah, it's just it's a it's a side show. It's a fad. It'll go away. And my point then and now is no, 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 no. This is the fact that this makes sense to so many people. That's right. S- speaks to yeah. they have an idea of of fundamental reality, which is absolutely divorced from me. And it's it's a, it's an almost unbridgeable divide. And if we get to a point where half of the country, 80 percent of the country has that idea of the self as a as a self that you can Simply make yourself based on your own emotions and your own whims, then we just we don't. Well, we're finished because we're kills finished us, as one
4: as one as one country. It's ultimate subjectivism, right? Because the only right. thing that matters is how you identify interior in in your interior life, which no one has access to, right? And. Every single other objective claim about the universe is a threat to that. So if you bring data, you're now a bigot, right? This is, we, We've all felt this, right? You bring data, you bring biology. If you make objective claims about the world, if you ask for data, right, all of this is a sign that you are intolerant and a bigot. But also believe the science.
1: But
3: this is this grows out of I was talking to Matt about this before the show started. This grows out of uh, one of Rousseau's children, who is Foucault. And I I read Foucault and and Derrida when they first started coming out. But then I decide to go back and I'm rereading one of Foucault's major, major books called The, uh, The Nature of Things, The Order of Things. And he's a grifter. (laughs) <laughs> and which, which, which no which, which didn't occur to me the first time I read it because I thought this is kind of interesting philosophy but he he makes the point that natural science is a complete invention because all of biology is one thing and it's only us imposing this order on it and my first thought was that's interesting until a turkey tries to mate with a t- coyote and then you r- realize no there actually is an order of things and this idea his idea is basically that power constructs all identities right. so yep. th- if that's true everything you are is created by me, it's created by the powerful people around you who impose that on you. And so we have that power to change you. And so if you say you're a woman and I say no you're not, I'm doing an act of violence to you. I'm actually, because my power is a threat to you. The fact that none of this is true, uh, it doesn't seem to bother. well. He's French, you know, That's what the French do. What well, the French do is they say they say false things beautifully. You know, and, and they say What a great sentence, but totally untrue. You know, the Germans say true things incomprehensibly, I, but the French. But I, think
4: that, but I think that because the power dynamics of the society were perceived to have shifted over the past ten years, uh-huh. that's why all this stuff is coming to the fore right now. Meaning that when, if you said power, power decides the fate of societies, back when the left felt it was not in control, right? Then that's a dangerous thing to say. Right, Because then the right says, oh, okay, you're saying power decides the fate of societies." Well, we have some ideas about what we can do with that power. It was only during, I think, probably Barack Obama's second term when the left thought they were never going to lose another election. Mm. Right, yeah, it's why, it's right. why Trump came as such a shock to them. Because they thought literally they had created the unbreakable coalition. It was They were never going to lose another election. They were the coalition of the ascendant. They, I mean, there were so many articles about the... the Browning of America having defined because demographics was destiny and and, uh, unshakably Democrats were going to continue to win for all time. And all of that was false and all of that was nonsense. But it was at that point they started to say, you know what, everything in life is defined by power. But now we wield the power. And because we wield the power, we can reshape all of these institutions. And that has never let up the the desire to reshape all the institutions, And Biden now with his victory feels that he gets to reshape all the institutions. I mean, (laughs) the the notions of Ibram Kendi have now entered. I mean, talk about a grifter. The notions yeah. of Ibrahim Kendi have entered every aspect of American government from top to bottom. It's insanity. I mean, did she, did the State Department declared today that they were going to redo how they staffed the State Department on the basis of equity. And they were going to achieve racial balance in the State Department. I, just thought, I like, said I was
1: going to hire all white people, and I got like twenty lawsuits.
3: <laughs> 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 does, does anybody does anybody else feel though that we're living in a, in an illusion in the sense that we're actually at the end of something? We're not at the beginning of something. They think that we're they're at the beginning of leftist paradise, but I can't help noticing that even what even though Biden is doing some things that are uh, radical that really all he's doing is he's stealing your grandchildren's money to prop up things that have already failed, like pensions and Obamacare and all these uh, socialist ideas that have just failed. I, I can't help feeling that mm. we're at the end of uh, an epoch, and that's why... Well, of course so we crazy. are. That's, that's why our presidents so keep getting an older, older, and
1: older, and older and older. We've exactly. had three exactly. presidents yes. who were born in 1946, exactly. yes. and yes. Right. now we have one who was born in, what, 45 or It's Yeah, it's a very bad sign for society. When you can't make generational change in your in your chief
2: executive. You know, there there is to this like just it's pure will. Right. It's this imposition of will to Ben's point. Once you have unfettered self-definition, it's all just whatever I want, I'm going to get. And it, it gets to your point, Candace, which is. You, you can't think, and they won't let you think. I know that references to George Orwell, like references to Hitler and the fall of Rome, are usually tedious and, and overdone. But he, here's one that I think really matters. In 1984, Orwell says they control the, the public through the new speak, you know, through this mm-hmm. kind of PC jargon, and through surveillance and all these things. But most of all, through double think, through getting you to think mutually contradictory ideas at the same time. Yeah like materialism and mm-hmm. Gnostic transgenderism, or, or whatever. You, use whatever example it is. Because they, they can't allow you to think. And this idea that these boomers are just holding on to power and the presidents are getting older and they're going to steal from the, the young and the unborn and they're going to give it. To me, it, it's such a gross act of will. All of the censorship is based on this, right? That they, they will not have any reasonable debate. It's, it would seem to me that this can't last forever. It, it, might,
4: it might last for a little I, I think, while. But. I, I think the clash is yet to come, though. Meaning that I think Biden is a mask for for the clash that's about to happen. Yeah, right. This is the reason the Democrats need President Houseplant. They need him there because he's hiding that that stain on the rug, right? And and right now, if if something were to happen to him, God forbid, because. You, you don't want anything to happen to anybody. But th- something happens to Biden, God forbid, and Kamala Harris becomes president. And then you see this break out in the open because Biden is just a moderate face on extraordinarily radical ideas and mm-hmm. policy. Yeah. And he's been able to avoid every question from the media because they are in league with all of these ideas. And most Americans don't find him threatening because who finds this old coot shuffling around can't string together a sentence threatening. There's nothing threatening. Everyone's, right. Everyone's a little embarrassed by yeah. him. And you don't feel bad about him. You don't feel like. It's hard to, you well, don't hate the like, guy. It's like die. elder abuse. I mean, right.
5: you, you actually you feel, <laughs> yeah. I actually genuinely, like, I have declined to make fun of him because there's something really wrong about the fact that every single person in the world knows that this is a man in decline. I mm-hmm. won't every make fun single person understands that he's senile. Oh, come on. We have God. Putin <laughs> making yeah. jokes.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I will. <laughs> no, like, you're right. Think about
5: this. Think about the national right. security risk. Yeah, Putin's right. making jokes. We're seen as a joke right now on the world stage. Yeah. And, you know, I have to say that- The vice
1: president is getting the morning, the presidential brief. Yeah. Because the entire- President
4: Harris today. He did.
5: He he called her President Harris on his campaign. Yeah. I mean, he was he was saying, you know, under, you know, this campaign. I mean, he he just wasn't there. And they kept saying, oh, it's because of covid. We're hiding him. And it's like it was so obvious. You're fooling no one, least of all, everybody else in the world. America looks weakened. But I have to say that I feel more optimistic about it, because when you see this increase in censorship, it's not because they're winning. Right. That's right. Like When Barack Obama won, they didn't have to have a ton of censorship because people actually voted for him. Like, you know, people really loved loved Barack Obama. It was like kinetic. On the ground, you could feel that energy, you know, about Barack Obama. They don't, you don't feel that about Joe Biden, right? So the Democrats, like you said, were very surprised by a Trump win. They know that so many people in this country don't like them and are passionately hate them is what we should say, right? At least 75, 80 million Americans passionately hate the Democrats. So I think they're actually feeling apprehensive right now in this moment, which is why they're rushing through these policies of,
0: Censorship, hey censorship, safety, safety.
5: Yeah, exactly. And, right. and doing all this stuff is because they, they don't
0: feel comfortable right That's now. That's why they, t- I mean, we, I think we talked about this the last They're not
5: acting fact. like they won. You know what I mean? Winners and, uh, feel a little yeah. bit more confident. They're not acting confident right now. And
0: they, they know they don't have the answers, especially on the, something like the gender topic. They know that they, they don't have any responses to mm-hmm. the arguments that we present because what they're saying is incoherent. That's why it's so instructive that uh, Amazon, like the one book that they're censoring yeah. is Ryan T. Anderson's book on transgenderism. With the great title, yeah, When, <laughs> with, yeah. when <laughs> Harry Became, when Harry became Sally. Sally. Such a great title. And there, there, are, there are so many other conservative books out there, many of them way more aggressive and objectionable from the left standards than this. But, um, but I think they're starting here because they know that, number one, this is, this is a, a crucial, fundamental issue. And also, they simply have no response to that at all. Mm-hmm. And they know it. So all they can do is shut it down. The problem is they have the power to shut down. Uh, everything, any argument because they own all the institutions. They own right, all and,
5: the, and that's the biggest problem, the institutions. Yeah. Tomorrow marks the debut
1: of Blexit founder Candace Owens' new talk show with the Daily Wire called Aptly Candace. Love it. We've seen her viral mic drop moments. We've seen her publicly win Twitter spats over and over. We see her right now sitting in that chair <laughs> literally before us. <laughs> but you will see her tomorrow like you have never seen her before. In her new show, Candace shows her personal side to her guests and to her live audience as she tackles major political and cultural topics of the week with her signature blend of humor and insight. every Who wrote
5: I this? I wrote this myself. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> every Friday, we'll feature a different lineup of celebrity interviews and panel discussions with some of the world's most influential thought leaders and cultural mavens. The full show is available exclusively to Daily Wire members, so if you aren't already a member, you know what to do. Head over to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Use code Candace. Get 25% off your membership just in time for the first show tomorrow. Again, that's dailywire.com slash subscribe. And use code Candace to get 25% off. And to see a show that we're very proud of. It's unlike anything that we've ever done at the looks Daily fantastic. Wire. Yep. Looks like a million bucks. Candace gives... Uh, your performance yesterday was just remarkable. It's um, The audience loved it. It's really... It's a big moment for us. I, I've been telling people that the show is... It is part of our... You're fundamentally a political figure. Uh, I mean, you know, the next president of the United States. Of obviously. course, yeah. Uh, but... <laughs> It is. I think of the show as part of our entertainment play at The Daily Wire because it transcends the sort of normal boundaries that people would put on a political show. I think the audience is going to love it. Uh, So go be a subscriber, dailywire.com. You can also also
5: use your uh, code CARDI. (laughs) And get 25% off. <laughs> you literally can't right now you can use code cardi which is more fun than using code can <laughs> cardi uh to get 25 percent off because she is literally a discount oh. 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 I, I would have done 75 percent off for cardi because i've never seen her wear more than about that yet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm not gonna lie to you people i bought eight black rifles from bravo company manufacturing in the month of january i am so happy to live in the state of Tennessee. This is the God's honest truth. Why? Because when the founders wrote the Constitution, the very first thing they did was make sacred the rights of the individual to share their ideas without limitation by their government. The second thing they did was to secure the right of the individuals to protect that speech and their lives with force if needed. Owning a rifle is a heavy responsibility. Building rifles is no different. Bravo Company Manufacturing, or BCM for short, builds a professional-grade product that is built to combat standards. That's because BCM believes the same level of protection should be provided to every American, regardless of whether or not you're a private citizen or a professional. The people at BCM assume that when a rifle leaves their shop, it will be used in a life or death situation by a responsible citizen, law enforcement officer, or a soldier overseas. I have found Bravo Company's rifles to be made to the highest standard. These are absolutely fabulous rifles. I'm not, I've am not. i told you guys before, I'm not a guy who loves shooting. It's not recreational to me. It really is... Uh, every time that they start to lean towards saying you can't, I think that means you must. I think we own rifles to protect against tyranny, and tyranny is when they come to take your rifles. We can't let them tell us what to do because we're Americans by God. To learn more about Bravo Company Manufacturing, head over to bravocompanymfg.com where you can discover more about their exceptional products, special offers, and upcoming news. That's bravomfg.com. Need more convincing? You can find out even more about BCM and the awesome people who make their products on YouTube, youtube.com slash Bravo Company USA. We do have some questions speaking of Daily Wire (laughs) subscribers. Michael, it blows my mind, says a Daily Wire subscriber, that the left has changed its stance on uh, the kids in cages story. How bad is the crisis at the border and why can the Biden administration just get away with all of this?
2: Why, why wouldn't they be able to get away with all I mean, what are you talking about? As Trump famously said, it was one of the best lines of, unfortunately, an unsuccessful campaign. He said, who built the cages, Joe? <laughs> yeah. Who built the cages, Joe? Because they had this problem <laughs> under Obama, the Obama-Biden administration. And by the way, the, the policies that were being criticized went back even further. They went back to the Clinton administration. And so it was always a disingenuous attack against Trump. Jen Psaki, I thought, had a great line the other day. When liberal journalists finally started asking or saying, hold on, you're you're Separating kids from their parents or whatever the adult was that w- was no bringing them. You're putting them in cages at way higher numbers than Trump ever did. You're doing it during a pandemic. That doesn't seem so hot. Uh, what's up with that? Why are you doing that? And what does Jen Psaki say as they're cutting off all media access to the cages? She says, there's not a lot of options. Right. There weren't a lot of options during the Trump administration, too. And the, the problem here is that you've got horrible incentives being pushed by the Biden administration where he says on the campaign trail, come surge the border, get on over here. You're, you're still hearing this from the secretary oh, of DHS. He's yeah. saying, yeah, don't come now, but like, you know, what two months come and then it'll be yeah. fine. So you're creating all these incentives. I mean, who the hell's going to listen to that, right? right. going to like, right. oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Now that you've surged forces the to the border, you're literally telling me when you're
4: going to put the officers at the border to catch me. <laughs> like, <Yeah. why> we... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't no. rob the bank right now. We'll have the security there later, guys. Yeah. yeah. Like that's, that's. Don't try to take over Afghanistan. We're leaving in mm-hmm. two months.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Here's a question for Candace from Drew. Hey, why doesn't Jeremy call on me more often? No, it's a different (laughs) Drew.
6: It's
1: a different Drew. He wants to know, uh, because the left's vision of identity politics, whatever happened to Martin Luther King Jr.'s dream of judging someone, not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character? Seems like such a famous quote from such a well-known civil rights activist has been forgotten or ignored today.
5: Yeah, his dream became a nightmare. I know they literally want you to only judge on the basis of skin. It's the exact opposite. Um, and like you said, it's 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 all of these competing points where it's they say, oh yes, we should prop him up. We need to extend um, uh, February and I almost called it Black Lives Matter month. Um, I can't even think <laughs> of enough, anything. Of about black Lives Matter. Yeah. What, 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 <laughs> black History month. Black History month. Black Lives Matter month. You know, Black History month, but they actually know nothing about Black History. It's incredible. You know, the people that they that they celebrate during Black History would be so against everything the left is doing. It's so counter to everything that they fought for. You know, Frederick Douglass. We, I'm like, what do you know about Frederick Douglass? Like, what, what do you know about Booker T. Washington? What did you, Have you read Up From Slavery? They know absolutely nothing, because if they did know, um, if they were actually educated about these people and they weren't just, you know, one-liners to put on your Twitter, they'd all be conservative and they all be Republican. And and they'd be on our side. So um, you know what happened to his dream is it became a nightmare, and it became a nightmare because of a Democrats who were always the racists in this country, who have always seen um, you know the power that they can gain from race. And right now, that's all it is. When I whenever you hear the term racism, you know to me it's always a power play. And the irony, of course, being is that the people that suffer the most because of these policies are black people. Do you think black people are going to get ahead when you're teaching them? You don't have to be punctual, you don't have to get A's, you don't have to even try, we're gonna put you in these schools, okay, now you're out of school, what happens to you in life? What do you yeah. think you're gonna get a job at Goldman Sachs knowing nothing? They're to like, you know what, you did absolutely nothing, but here's, here's, uh, here's a big check for you. It doesn't work that way. You're actually training them up to be failures, to be non-competitive so that you can keep propagating this problem of black people having them as the victims and saying, oh, look at you, it's been a lot of years and you're still living like this, well, it's because we know nothing? but outrage. And I will say this because I'm so passionate about this so I'm over answering this question. What they're really doing is they're transforming black Americans into toddlers. You talked about how toddlers act, right? The idea is to make them emotional. Know nothing and you're emotional. That is the, I, literally what a toddler is, right? Why is a toddler scream when you say they can't have candy, right? Because they don't know anything else but emotion, they scream. So you remove knowledge from someone and teach them that their every emotion they have is justified, and you create a society of toddlers. And how, how that consci- society all, can survive. How by. conscious
3: do you think? Do you think they're doing that on on purpose? One
5: thousand percent intentionally. One thousand percent intentionally. And so it's it's so, you know, it's just it's so important right now because the only people that are going to be able to stop this right now, in my opinion, are Black Americans. As soon as the victims say no, thank you, right? As soon as you say like me, this is why they hate me so much, because if I just say actually. I'm actually not a victim. Actually, when you say to me, Candace, um, that you know you're a victim, you're actually you are the racist. You're telling me when you say white privilege, you're telling me that you're more privileged than me. That's literally you're, you're literally <laughs> you're saying that I'm, I'm <laughs> under you, and to get offended when I say no, thank I'm you, I'm also I don't saying
1: need it. I'm also saying you can't unless I. Yeah, That's right. unless, unless
0: I. I, I yeah, yeah, exactly. you not treating me like
5: a toddler? This
0: goes beyond. I mean, this is what you're talking about: t- turning people into toddlers and they're emotionally driven. That's not just. They're not doing that just to black Americans. Exactly. They're doing that to all Americans. And also on MLK, if I'm to just on that note of MLK, to, to, if I was to prophesy a little bit, like five years in the future, maybe earlier than that, I'd say for certain he's getting canceled. And those monuments are going to come down. And it seems yeah. shocking now, but that will happen. Mm-hmm. Because number one, his message, they don't like. And number two, he was, he was a, a flawed a man. He was, a, he was a deeply flawed, imperfect yeah. man, as all great men. All, all people are deeply flawed. Uh, great people tend to have great flaws, and he did too. So that's, that's going to happen even to MLK. Even, even the, um, the great historical heroes that still survive now eventually. Yeah, the left know, they, has to eat its
1: own because no one can live up to their ever-evolving.
4: Right. My theory what, is that in the future, there, it's not that the, there, there will be monuments, but the monuments will be monuments to brutality, mm-hmm. meaning that it, they won't actually be able to build a monument to anyone because everyone is flawed, and mm-hmm. so that means all the monuments have to come down. So instead, it'll just be a statue of George Washington whipping a slave. <laughs> right, like, really, that will be the, that will be the statues of the future. The statues mm-hmm. of the future will, will be all of America's sins encapsulated into marble.
3: My, my prediction is of, of cancellation is George Orwell. They're going to say they're going to find something on him and say this this entire book is now yeah. canceled because it's <laughs> exactly what they're doing. It's almost like a but play what play.
1: they're doing to Orwell is actually much more uh, I think insidious, which is that they just reinterpret him to say the opposite of what he was actually saying. <laughs> they, do that they don't too.
5: read. That's a, that's a point. Everyone
1: I know read. believes. Uh, everyone I went to school with, we ha- we didn't read Nineteen Eighty-Four, but we knew the reference. And it was a reference to American right-wing
3: fascists. Yes, of course. Yeah.
1: You know, And yeah, yeah. you see now that they're making this animal farm. Uh, is it Netflix? who's? I think so,
2: with Christian Bale. With Christian Bale. You know that that's going to be an anti-Trump. Well, you know why, though. It's, it's because uh, George Orwell, this is the line they always trot out, is George Orwell was a democratic socialist. Yeah. He actually was. And y- you have to read what he writes about democratic socialism to understand what that means. But he says, every all of my writing that I've ever undertaken is to promote democratic socialism as I understand it. As I understand it, is doing a lot of work there because he was part of this movement of intellectuals at the time yeah. that were turning against Stalin. And you know, there were everyone likes to overstate the distinction between Stalin and Trotsky and all that. You know, it's sort of the right wing does this too. We all like hate each other, but you know, it's really we broadly agree fundamentally the distinction between these uh, socialist communist thinkers is uh, one guy won. And killed the other guy. I was yeah, gonna say, you know, was right. gonna say he he The ice pick the ice pick was. Yeah. The the ice pick, <laughs> probably, that was
6: the
1: distinction. So here's a question for me oh. from MGM, which is one of the better studios. <laughs> I am a subscriber from Switzerland. And due to cultural due to the cultural reach of the US, many habits and norms often tend to gain a foothold in Europe after they have sprung up in the States. What advice would you give to our continent or a single inhabitant, assuming that we are probably six months to one year behind you? in these matters. Well, there's nowhere else to go. Uh, I would have said a hundred years ago, go to America, make haste, uh, get get to the land of the free. But uh, but those days are gone. I actually think one of the great tragedies in the world right now uh, is that there are no frontiers. and I think freedom is a frontier mentality. Uh, one of the things that's made, that made America unique is that people from all over Europe who were seeking freedom left. They left comfort. We don't think about it, uh, but they left the first world. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, Drew and I actually toured uh, the Ranching Heritage Center in Lubbock, Texas, together one time, and I remember one of your observations when we were looking at these old wagons and farm implements uh, and ranch implements from uh, the the late 1800s, and just th- and you know these grainy f- photographs of what the landscape looked like and what people were enduring at that time. You said, "For God's sakes, Europe had Dickens at this time," and it's true. They had hospitals and roads and lights and public works, and people were leaving that behind to go to a barren wilderness and carve life out of almost certain death uh, because they wanted freedom. I think it's one of the reasons that Elon Musk is kind of an inspiring Mm -hmm. figure. Uh, Whether or not you think that man can thrive on Mars, I'm skeptical. We can't even thrive in Antarctica. But what he's doing is inspiring because what he's saying is, what if there is still another frontier? What if there is still a place where free spirits can go? Mm -hmm. What if there's still a place where we can start anew and build? Because that's what, what conservatives fundamentally do when we're not conserving. What we fundamentally do is create. We go, we create, we carve out of the wilderness, we build civilizations, uh, and we do the very hard, uh, risk-heavy work. And then over time, after we've done that, after we've cleared the path, then the leeches can show up uh, and they can just slowly pull all the things that we built down Mm -hmm. uh, and and sort of reappropriate themselves. But but
3: the very same logic that says your body to some degree defines you, Says that freedom is a space, of, is an actual physical space. Yeah, and you know, I mean, it is, we are we live in an incarnate world, and you have to find a place to be free. Yeah, and I think that that is a problem. With
4: By the way, us. quick note on, on Europe. Just to, to get back to the question about mm-hmm. what Europe should do, they should say no, and they're starting to say no. Yeah, I mean, you're US starting to actually, you're starting to see actual European leaders who are more conservative than people in the United States now. That's right. Yeah. That's how crazy. Is. Which is humiliating. Yeah. By the France, way. France came out and France was like, yes. "We don't want any of this critical race theory nonsense. That's not how Frenchmen think of each other." Yeah. By the, by the way, way, you guys are too
5: I radical. Pen for us. Will like, win. By,
4: by the time. way, no is the
5: most important word.
1: No is the most important word for conservatives today. Absolutely. No matter what corner of the globe. You happen
4: Here's to have a point. Here's the thing. It's, right it's generally been the most important word forever. That's for right? all of, the, and right? for and for all of human too, history. By yeah,
5: the yeah, way, yeah. Ben, to go back to Japan, which I, I think you guys all know I have a weird fascination with Japan. But, like, look at Japan. I mean, do you, I mean like the rules in Japan in terms of trying to get into this country, which also fascinates me. Like I told you my, um, my sister-in-law lives in Japan. She lived for 10 years. All of her children were born in Japan. She's a missionary there. Their kids are not allowed to be citizens of Japan because they're just not Japanese. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, it's just incredible. Like the idea that America is a racist. If you actually go look at the immigration (laughs) laws of every other country and America is just a mess. I mean, it's just it's unbelievable. But, um, you know, there's they're getting something right in terms of the, the, the remarkable strides that you have to go through because they really believe in their culture and they unite united in this idea of what their culture is. Whether you agree with their culture or not doesn't really matter, right? right. But to say, in order, you're not just going to join this club yeah, by you You're not just going to join this club. like This is a culture and we believe in it and they have a culture. The problem with America is that we have a bunch of people that don't believe in American culture, right? And we have the doors open and we're saying everybody come in and we're saying culture is wrong and everything needs to coexist and we know that it fundamentally cannot.
2: And not just people who don't know what it is people who are funded by zillions of dollars from the biggest institutions saying that we hate this culture mm-hmm. and you should hate it too. Yeah, that's mm-hmm.
1: right. Here's a question for Matt. Uh, from a subscriber also named Matt. So you have to answer it. <laughs> How did it feel to have the embassy of, uh, the embassy of Ireland Respond to your sarcastic tweet about internalized <laughs> Irish phobia. Can you break down what started this on Twitter?
0: That was that was my greatest career moment. <laughs> it says it says, it says a lot about my career, I suppose. But uh, yeah, this is the the actual Irish embassy responded to a trolling tweet from me, where I was uh, where I was saying that if you're not part if you're not a Person of Irish descent, PID, PID, which is what I am. <laughs> <laughs> and If you add us with the marginalized groups, we are PID, BI, POC, LGBTQIA, um, <laughs> yeah. all that together. Yeah. I always suspected. That. Plus, sorry, yeah. but anyway, if you're not part, if you're not a person of Irish descent, then then to participate in St. Patrick's Day is cultural appropriation. Mm-hmm. You know, you it, it, my culture is not a breakfast cereal. It's not. It's not. Like a <laughs> Um, and uh, so I, I made that point, and the, the the Irish Embassy could not pass up the opportunity to virtue signal. So they responded saying, "Well, it's not true. And, Anyone is welcome. It's it's uh, appreciation, not appropriation. Right, they cultural said. appreciation is not cultural right, appropriation." Right. Which, which the thing is, I actually agree with them that, that uh, yeah. cultural appropriation is a nonsense concept. I'm <laughs> sure we all we all know that. Um, but the point is that if they had said that. Appreciation is not appropriation. About say a white person wearing dreadlocks, right? They'd be condemned as racist, oh. but they could say it in this case and that. So, so it's so tragic that they own they, they only illustrated the point I was making. Your own people, yeah, yeah my own people. Turn internal, internalized Irish phobia is what they were. <laughs>
2: <saying>. <laughs> because I I totally see this point on appreciation and appropriation. But if if you're not allowed to appropriate any other culture, let's say you're a white guy and you're not allowed to appropriate any other culture, but also you have to. Ab- Abolish your own
0: culture. (laughs) What what culture are you permitted to have? the other thing is one other thing about this appropriation thing, because of course one of the ironies with uh, St. Patrick's Day is that it's not even you know St. Patrick wasn't even Irish. He was kidnapped by Irish pirates, uh, which (laughs) is great. I mean, he was appropriated himself. Um, (laughs) But so many of the things that are that that we say are appropriate don't even originate with the supposed culture that's been stolen from. Braids. Yeah, dreadlocks did not originate with black people uh Ke- Kendall Jenner was accused of uh, appropriating tequila well tequila was not invented by native mexicans it was invented by a by a spanish aristocrat so you know that's one of the the ironies is that so often the culture that supposedly owns this yeah. thing
5: like the vikings they originate. have no answer for that you're not allowed to wear your hair and braids or your culture appropriating from africans i mean, i guarantee you the vikings had no access to the continent of africa <laughs> yeah. they weren't just like oh look at this braid down here in botswana let's bring that back up i mean it's like it's incredible but nobody they don't know history they don't know they don't know anything they just know we decided this is ours, and you now you're not allowed to wear your hair in braids. And yeah. it's just like, are you kidding?
4: It was fantastic, though. I mean, when the embassy responded to you that way,
0: it was
5: you do have <laughs> these legitimately, legitimately hilarious. Twitter moments where like you're just like, why is Matt? Why, why is he trending? And then like you look it's, and you're like, it's the never
0: mo-? it's never for anything significant. It's always like the dumbest issue. <laughs> <laughs> Emojis, dogs, St. Patrick's Day. It's yoga, never been an issue, was- and yeah. now
5: it is. And that really sums up Twitter. Here's a question for Andrew Clavin
1: from someone named Lauren, who is a subscriber at DailyWire.com. You should be too. Head over there, DailyWire.com/slash subscribe. I'd love an honest opinion from Claven on Jen. How do you say her name? I can't. Saki. 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 Yeah. Saki. Yeah. Saki. Uh, I'd love an honest answer. What do you think about her? How is she doing? And how does she compare uh, to previous? Uh, press secretary.
3: Well, it is the worst job on earth because you probably take it thinking you're going to communicate the wonderful vision of the president you believe in. And you wind up lying like a dog. And that is what she's doing. And it's 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 sad to watch her. I mean, like she dug, but dug like a dug. A like like I, no, I, I'm going to circle back on this. No, I'm, <laughs> 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 I, I just I just think that it, it, it's sad to watch somebody devolve into a just a constant yeah. liar. This the The smallness, you know, I I saw this during the Trump administration with Melania, like a lovely, a lovely woman who did a good job as first lady, couldn't get on a a magazine cover, an actual model couldn't get on a magazine cover. And it was just so small and petty. And I find that now with the Biden administration refusing to give any credit to Trump and his Operation Warp Speed, which really did help these uh, these vaccines get out there and and basically this pretense that the board today, it were yet today or yesterday, uh, she actually said, she actually said, oh, you know, the, the, the border thing, we were stuck with uh, Trump's border policies. I mean, the border policies building. were like keeping people out and stopping them on the other side of the border so they didn't come over. You let them all come in. And now we've got this crisis. So she's in this impossible position. This is a. This this presidency is a crap fest. This presidency oh, yeah. is going really badly. And she's her job is to defend it. And in order to defend it, she has to lie and lie and lie. And I think it's degrading to her, but that's what she's doing. You know, Is she doing it well? No. She's doing it It's openly, except she doesn't have the press, you know, climbing down her throat. Like and, that will,
5: and I will say in, in her defense, and I'm only saying anything in defense because we're both from Stanford, Connecticut, <laughs> whoop, whoop. Um, but I will say in her defense, it also is hard because, like, because I, you know, was— very chummy with the past administration. Like, you know, the amount of time that Sarah Sanders and Kayleigh McEnany spent with the president every day. Right. They're having conversations, strategizing, doing these things. She doesn't she doesn't do that with Joe no. Biden. Right. So how, she's how, flying how in the dark. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like she's flying in the dark. Half the time she's learning things from them because yeah. he's obviously yeah. not doesn't have his mental faculties about him. So he's not sitting down with her, you know, love him or hate him. Yeah. Trump's got his mental faculties about him. Right. He's fighting. He's, he's a fighter. He's a bully. Whatever it is, he's going to tell you what he thinks and what he wants you to go out there and say. Biden is just, you know, a puppet. So it makes her job even harder. And at the end of the day, you're correct. It is her. It's her job. And I don't know and why I keep saying at the end of the day, the, can the be of, the beginning
3: of the you're day. You're the face of dishonesty, but the, the dishonesty is really it's deep in rotten, the administration. It's a rotten job. Yeah, yeah. it's a rotten job. Uh, There's
0: far too I much empathy uh, happening right now, yeah. <laughs> for, please,
5: It sucks. You're bringing no. empathy to yes. this uh, show. You lost me when we stopped making fun of What was she going to say? You know, I haven't spoken to my boss in 63 days. You are right. I mean, to a certain extent, you're
4: right that the empathy is a little bit misplaced because, again, when you just crap all over the last administration and you act like it was the peak of dishonesty and then you're going out there and you're lying. Every single day.
5: Sixty-three days without a press con um, could you imagine if Trump did not speak oh, to he, the he press for the most sixty transparent What president? they would have said. What my would fa- the headlines have I mean, been? My
4: favorite is when they when they say, Can we have the statistics? And she'll be like, Well, the Department of Homeland Security has those. And like, right, you're the executive branch. Do you have the statistics? She's <laughs> Like, well, you can go ask the DHS. I'm like, well, can we ask the DHS? She's like, No. No. <laughs> <laughs> ben, this question
1: is for you from James with this most recent spending bill and the grand possibility of higher interest
4: rates. Uh, Do you think that it will cause a depression, and if so, how bad will it be? So I don't think it's going to cause a depression in the immediate term. I think that what... what Biden has the benefit of, economically speaking, is a natural recovery that was certainly going to happen. This is the most artificial depression in the history of the United States. It was the COVID lockdowns that caused the depression. And when COVID was relieved, then the depression was going to end and was going to come back in a massive, massive way. So he has the benefit of being able to lower the GDP growth rate from 8% to 7% with crappy taxes and bad spending policy. And nobody notices because it's still 7%, which is this extraordinary growth rate. What you are going to see is an inflation of the currency because it has to happen. The, yeah. the, the amount of debt that we are now servicing uh, is extraordinary. I mean, we're, we're spending hundreds of billions of dollars every year just to service the current debt that we have. Forget about the debt that we just took on. And that money can only come from three places. It can come from inflating the currency, I- i.e. printing more dollars, to raising more money with bonds, and three, higher taxation. And if you do either of the first two too much, then one of them kicks in, right? If you end, yeah. up, if you end up selling too many bonds, then inflation ends up kicking in. If inflation kicks in, then you are going to have, it kills the bond market. You're going to have to raise the interest rates, which means that all of the loans become more expensive, which sinks the economy. Well, they actually uh,
1: did something that people aren't talking about uh, this last week, which is that Fannie and Freddie decided that they were going to cut dramatically how many second mortgages uh, they would buy. Hmm. Fannie and Freddie buy up like almost 70% of all the mortgages in the country. Hmm. So it doesn't matter. You may have gotten your mortgage through uh, our our buddy who, uh, I got my mortgage recently from an old high school pal of <laughs> Michael Knowles's <laughs> yeah. uh Uh, It doesn't matter if you get it through one of the major banks, Wells Fargo City. It doesn't matter if you get it from a a local mortgage bank. Um, Probably, most likely scenario, Fannie or Freddie are going to buy those up in the secondary market and then service them over time. And what that does, because the government essentially is buying almost all of the mortgages, it it really helps drive those interest rates down because the secondary secondary market is so robust. But what the left hates right now, the AOC left in particular, they hate landlords. They hate owners uh, who who they see as exploiting renters, right? It's this very class thing. And so it's a very subtle thing, but by Fannie and Freddie saying they're not going to purchase nearly as many, dramatically fewer second, third, fourth mortgages, it instantly drove up the interest rate for second homes by two, oh, two and a quarter, two and a half percent. Like all left-wing plans, of course, this means renters will have to pay more. Because it's much more expensive for people uh, to buy homes. For people yeah. to buy homes. But that every this is the thing about the left. Every trick that they use to interfere with the economy actually has a compounding effect
4: on so. On the, the, the other thing economy. about the left is the left believes that gravity doesn't always apply. That's right. That you can violate every rule, and then <laughs> if you violate every rule, then sooner or later you'll violate a rule, and there'll be no consequences to having violated the rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they just keep violating rules. Whether you're talking <laughs> about the rules of marriage, whether you're talking about the rules Biology. of gender biology, if you're talking about the rules of economics, the same thing applies, right? They believe deeply in modern monetary theory, which is the idea that we can just continue to blow out the spending. And because other economies are not as robust as the American economy, people will continue to buy our bonds endlessly. Well, that's only true so long as the American economy is growing robustly. The the big problem here for Republicans on the economy is because the natural recovery is going to be so unbelievably strong over the course of this year and next year, by the time things start to cool off, it's already going to be 2024, basically. Uh, and there is a delayed effect to a lot of the policies that are getting kicked in right now. So you're going to see the economy start to slow. Pretty much everybody agrees with this, like 2024. Uh, by 2025, you could start to see the economy really start to, to enter into some dark territory. And we'll have no m- ability to take up more debt to actually prop up the stimulus. Uh, I-, I would say that it's going to take five to six years to feel the impact of what we're seeing right now. Uh, and uh, and like you know anything else in the economy, everything's good until it ain't. Yeah, right. that's it's, right. a, it's not like it just gradually. But at slows my, at my age, these, these
3: predictions are very encouraging because I, I've reached the point where people say long term effects. and I go,
4: yeah, yeah, the Keynesian in the long run, world. that has become for you very, very immediate.
1: And they just <laughs> so, gentlemen, Candace, Michael, uh, we're we've been here damn near forever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it Feels that way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been a long, 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 long show. Uh, I want to wrap up with a rapid fire question session from our Daily Wire subscribers. You know the rules. I'm going to try to get through as many questions as we, as we can in the remaining time that we have. If possible, be pithy with your answers. Mm. And if possible, let's just let the person being addressed answer, it's almost never possible.
6: Never. <laughs> so we're
1: going we're to try. Here we go from our DailyWire.com subscribers. Candace from Nina, have you lost family members or friends because of your beliefs?
5: Yes. Cousin. Two cousins. Mm. Most pithy? That's good. That's pithy. That's really yeah. good. I actually, what a painful
1: reality, though. Yeah. I think we'd have to be so pithy on. Yeah. That.
5: Well, it's one of those things. Gosh, now I see it's going to be longer. But it's, it's one of those things where he, the weird thing is that you know I think Trump made everybody really crazy, and like the yeah. idea, you just kind of went really far in. But the thing is, is like now they've kind of cracked and want to have like a relationship. And I'm sort of like, I don't think it works like that. I don't think it works where like you get to just say horrible things mm. about me, and then now I have to just pretend it didn't happen. Like, we, and we've seen this a lot with even friends. Like now that Trump's gone, they're kind of like, hey, like, you know, and you're just sort of like, OK, I don't think it works like that. Like, you can't yeah. just say, I'm going to pretend you don't exist. You're a horrible human being. And then because you got what you wanted, there's something very bratty about that. Right? I was always here. I've been solid and I've been the same person. Um, so, yeah, it sucks. It, it really sucks when it happened. Time has passed. And so I've sort of been like, OK, well, you know, it is what it is. I lost, obviously, friends, which was very easy. But the cousin stuff was really hard because I'm really, really close with my family. Mm-hmm. But, you, and you, but you can't really go back is the, is the weird thing.
1: That's tough. Yeah. Knowles from Alexander. I remember you mentioned in a show once that there were good book burnings in history. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh oh. Yeah. I admit I'm not well versed in history, but I'd like to know about uh, those events. Well,
2: I'll give you an, I'll give you an example. I mean, obviously, all the good ones were when the Catholics burned all those medical <laughs> books. So that's like the history. <laughs> but I'll give you I'll give you a. Uh, that's it's constant could, as could, the could North you, Star. Would you finally fire this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, but I'll give you I'll give you an example right now because the the the, the issue that I see is. Uh, book burnings are just the most ridiculous example of this, but there is always some sort of censorship. And, we, you know, we don't like censorship because in the American context, that means a very particular thing that we don't like. But there are always broad swaths of speech that are illegal, and they always have been in America. Uh, sedition, uh, fraud, uh, threats, uh, obscenity for a long time, but now it's like a little bit less so. But it was still being enforced during the George W. Bush era. You had, you had pornographers going to prison, you know, for just gross stuff, right? And... So this would seem to me, I'm not saying this is prescriptive, I'm saying it's descriptive. All regimes say that certain things are off limits and certain things are on limits. And um, in America, we've protected a huge swath of speech and I think all the important speech. And what's going on right now is that... We're shifting those standards. So in you know, in the 50s, for instance, if you were a member of a communist group, you'd lose your career in Hollywood. You couldn't work for the federal government. Alger Hiss paid a big price, and no one believed that, it was, that he was really guilty of it. The guy helped start the UN, right? He was really subverting US policy. <laughs> he got canceled. I guess that's a perfectly fine thing. Bill Buckley wrote a lot of books about how great that was, uh, wrote books and went on television, all this sort of thing. Now you get canceled if you say that, that Men are not women. Ryan Anderson gets his book, Burned Digitally, great phrase that you used, on, on Amazon. That's really bad. You get, you get canceled if you wave the American flag. You you get your career promoted if you wave the communist flag, but you get your career canceled if you wave the American flag. And so I actually, I'm being somewhat provocative when I say there are good book burnings. What I'm really saying- I feel provoked. Yeah, Jeremy's <laughs> very provoked. But what, what I really mean by that is, The reason that we keep losing on this issue, on political correctness, wokeism, cancel culture, is because I think we're not acknowledging the reality of the situation. What the left knows is some things were always off limits, some things were always accepted. And they are shifting what is off limits and what is accepted. And because we're not going to engage in the reality of that, the history from 1776 all the way to the present, and even further back than that, I think that's why every time we try to fight this thing, time, to lose more ground. <laughs> Matt,
1: From William, pithy, Michael, pithy. <laughs> from William, where does your hate for dogs derive from? Mm. Did you have a traumatic childhood experience or something? Uh,
0: no, I, I, I find them to be totally useless. Uh, just these smelly, hairy beasts that don't belong in the home. Now, <laughs> dogs have, uh, dogs existed, you know, uh, his, for, for, at least go back there. What's the common ancestor for dogs, wolves, and uh, existed in the wild for millions of years? And they did just fine without being inside a home with a, a wall and four walls and a, and a, and a roof. Um, I just don't believe that animals, we, we, we have evolved as human beings. We have earned the home. I don't think that dogs have, <laughs> dogs have not earned that. We what earned the home. We've earned it. Now, can I just say, what really annoys me, what really, what really pisses me off is when people say things like, it's, because it's, it's anti-human, when people say things like, um, oh, we don't deserve dogs. Like, they see, a, they see a video of a dog, like, bringing a slipper to his to his owner, and they say, we don't deserve dogs. No, they don't deserve us. We do everything for them. Yep. They don't do a damn thing for We feed them. We pick up their crap. <laughs> we give them a house. We do everything. And then you sit there and say, we don't deserve them? What the... It's exactly the opposite. What have they done to deserve this? We don't bring pigs into the home. We don't bring squirrels into the home. Even a dog,
1: yes. even, a dog even a dog can eat the scraps from his master's table. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, what is, yes, exactly. Is that, and we give them those scraps. They're not, they're not, they're not so, bringing home so, food so for wait, us. So
3: far, we're in, we're in favor of book burning and hate dogs. I yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. By the way, Jeremy quoted the
2: Bible. There's a book burning in the Bible, in the book of Acts. The Christians burn their sorcery books. That's a great book. Burning your own book is not a book burning. Ben, <laughs> <laughs> I love your impersonations. Which do you think
1: are your best and which do you think are your worst? My personal favorite
4: is Beto. Let's hear it. I really loves Beto. You know, Beto doesn't sound anything like Beto. Beto's not really an impersonation so much as sort of a generalized mockery. It's, it's, it's more like Beto, Aurora, <laughs> dirt in the Arizona desert. Raw, fall, rip, kick,
6: fled, Texas.
4: That's, 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 Debato. Um, my my Bernie is pretty good. Uh, my Obama is very good, actually. I'm, I I always think my Obama is underrated. Uh, my Kerry is good. Uh, my Trump is not good. My Trump, uh, I was never able to get Trump. Uh, you have to be kind of from New York, I think, to but get the, Trump. all the best Trumps.
1: But the the OG BS
4: impersonation is Chris Matthews. Oh yeah, yeah, Chris Matthews. I was always say? Get up in the morning, come on with the show, come on roll in here. Looking at all up. Hey you know what talking about. Just turn around, face the camera, start jabbering. Hi, right, well, say let me see. Let's go.
1: Here's Matthews. Candace <laughs> from Sam. Congratulations on becoming a mother. How has becoming a mother changed or impacted your political views? Would love to get everyone's take on this as well, but you ain't gonna, because we're going too fast for that. So We're just going to get it from Candace.
5: Just feels like the political discussions we're having are much more severe because they're going to have implications in the society mm. that my kids are going to come up in. So we didn't have this when i was growing up like it was like hey you're a girl and you're a boy cool i'm going to go in the girls bathroom you're going to go in the boys bathroom uh you know it's so that stuff is really scary i think for me now cuz i'm just going i don't want my kid to be around i don't even want like can my kid just go some, to somebody's house and have a play date? or like is that mom going to be like you can pick your genders here um so i think that that i feel like the the urgency of the political conversations that we're having today so everything feels a bit heavier um
0: can i talk about being a mother as well absolutely. yes please <laughs>
5: Self-identify as a woman? I could. Go ahead. Sorry. Right now, for the sake of... That's all, I, he, he does chest feet. Oh, that was it? <laughs> yeah. <okay. laughs> that was it. <laughs> I'm this, good at pithy. You are. You did great. I was killing this.
1: This uh, last question is for everyone. What is something that actually deserves to be canceled? Drew?
3: Well, actually, I'm. I'm actually now... I've changed my mind about this. I'm now in favor... Of leftists canceling other leftists for not being leftists enough, mm. because I think that the more that happens, yeah. the more there'll be fewer leftists, and we can just continue to welcome people in, and uh, it will basically be reduced to a few leftists and Americans, and that's a perfect situation.
6: Uh,
4: backstage,
3: then <laughs> <laughs> I then I wouldn't like have to be the here.
4: Soft pitch, that's yeah. right, exactly <laughs> <laughs> right there. I want to go home, man. Uh, a, a, in reality. Um, the entire anti-racist movement needs to be canceled. It's awful for the country. It's evil. It's garbage. Uh, And people who pervert language, freedom, and decency that way should not be accepted into the home of anyone who considers themselves to be a decent human being.
1: Yeah. Uh, I I have a long list, but the one that's bothering me the most this week is... uh... I want to cancel anyone who tries to cancel someone for something that they did as a teenager. Absolutely. Ooh, that's yeah, that's terrible. a great yeah. mo- It's yeah. the most disgusting. Mm-hmm. The whole, what you're supposed to do as a child... Is be an idiot. Is be an idiot. Learn you lessons and grow up. And then people help grow you into an adult. Mm-hmm. And I received an enormous piece of grace once uh, from someone who I had had made a mistake with and I apologized to them uh, years later. They were, all, they were an adult at the time. I was a teenager. When I apologized uh, as a young adult, they said... Uh, a man should never apologize for the sins of a boy, mm. and it was a great piece of wisdom and a great piece of grace. And we live in such a graceless culture. Mm. This is the reason you can't apologize. Never show him your belly. Never, yep. ever apologize. Because the whole idea of an apology is premised on a on a culture of grace. Yep. We had this Christian culture, uh, maybe not a Christian nation in a literal sense, but a a nation of Christians. And in a nation of Christians, an apology is a, is a great virtue. Mm-hmm. It's an acknowledgement. That you've done something wrong, and we respond to that act of 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 virtue with another act of virtue called grace. And in a post-Christian America, you only get the you acknowledged that you were wrong. You you igno- so if I call you a racist, you apologize for gotcha. being a racist. See, even you admit that you were a racist or whatever. But to do that,
4: to uh, as happened at Teen Vogue, Teen Vogue to uh, Lexy Mcammon this today. That's right. So you, today, right, did you did you follow the story? So that, she actually she resigned. Yeah. I you know, that
5: was led by the right. There's something I like about that story, by the yeah. way, because what they started doing on the right is saying, okay, you guys want to do cancer culture, we're going to lead it, and I think these, t- these tweets were dug up by conservatives saying, play by your own rules, and she had to resign. And I kind of that kind of goes back to your point about, like,
3: that's what I was thinking of. Until
5: these people realize these rules are just not fair because they've been doing it to conservatives. the left created these rules. I don't mind. I don't mind mutually
3: assured destruction. Yeah.
5: Yeah.
1: But I will say that I think it is particularly the the fact that there is such a rule that could apply uh, to what people did in their youth is one of the most despicable aspects. Oh, it's horrible.
2: Of our culture.
5: Absolutely. Oh, absolutely agree.
2: To your point, Jeremy, the late philosopher Roger Scruton said civilization thrives on forgiveness And uh, on confession first and then forgiveness, right? You confess, you sacrifice your pride, you uh, forgive, you sacrifice your resentment. Both people have something that means a lot to them and they give it up. You have society and you can't do that anymore. So kind of what we're all saying. Chesterton had a good line. He said, there is a thought that stops thought and that thought ought to be stopped and ben you had a great tweet i hate to say you and chesterton in the same breath (laughs) but you had a great tweet where you said there's a culture that cancels culture Mm. and coincidentally this is sort of the thesis of my book that's coming out that needs to be canceled and and we cannot pretend that there's some reconciliation some middle ground between the two Mm -hmm. there there isn't you've just got to stop that
5: Mm -hmm. candace Uh, i would cancel easily the transgender agenda a movement everything about it right now i think it's it's a cancer like we've never seen before in society
1: Matt, the thing that our Daily Wire subscribers uh, want to see canceled the most are those tight jeans you're wearing. <laughs> it's actually trending. Hashtag cancel Matt's jeans. Hashtag bring, hashtag bring back loose jeans. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this, this is, is the <laughs> second time I've been accused. The interview I did with, with Candace that I was accused of wearing skinny jeans. Yeah. I, just, I go to the, the store. I say, where are your pants? And they point me to them, and I just pick up a pair of pants. You okay? shop? You call yourself a man, you <laughs> son of a bitch. My wife, my wife goes to the store. I assume that's. The oh process. no no, there's no take that. Oh. <laughs> there's
1: no take, <laughs> there's no take- <laughs> that
6: here.
0: Uh, can I, for, for what I'm canceling though, um, which by the way you, you said giving people a pass at teenage when they're teenagers. I really think it should be like 25 and under. I, I actually think yeah. if you're a young, if you're in your 20s or 30s, everything you said and did up to about like 10 years and further, it's because you you grow so much in that yep. age frame. That anyway. um... As far as what I would cancel, any everything that preys upon kids. So especially the, the you go into Barnes and Noble and you see all these kids' books, you know, indoctrinating. Where
1: do you go in? <laughs> it's <laughs> madness.
0: This was one day. This is one day of shopping. Though, uh, know, all all of these things that prey on kids, uh, drag queen story hours, mm-hmm. all of that. There's one thing we need to cancel. It's the the way that kids are Being upon. Indoctrinated. Yeah.
1: Please help me welcome Candace Owens to The Daily Wire by tuning in for the first episode of Candace Tomorrow. It's fabulous. The show's available exclusively to Daily Wire members, so use that code Candace, save 25%, and don't do it. Use code Cardi, and here's the reason. If you use use code Candace, Candace gets the credit. If you use code Cardi, Candace also gets the credit, and we all get a great laugh. Speaking (laughs) of which, let's end this sucker on a good old-fashioned fake laugh. Thanks again for joining us for our discussion here. Joe Biden's terrifying accomplishments. We will see you next time.